Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Do you smell that, Chris? 
That's the smell of not just donuts. That's the smell of an awesome Thursday coming soon. I say soon because uh, I don't know if I want to get to this story about the the guy who got killed by his cockfighting rooster. It's ugly out there. We have bad, bad CNN ratings. We have United States Intelligence Services, our spies, looking at you and me as domestic extremists. And John Kerry being a hypocrite. Are you surprised? I'll tell you the real story behind that picture of John Kerry here in a few. But first, it is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. I hope everybody had a happy and safe St. Paddy's Day. We Irish are, well, that's really all we're known for. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, I've been told Ireland is one of those places, and when I say we Irish, my last name's Kelly, clearly there's Irish in there, but we weren't raised, you know, Irish and your Irish heritage and your Irish American. That's not how we were raised at all. But I've been told by everyone who's ever been there that Ireland is a blast. But I don't really want to go. Is that weird? It's not, it's not a beach. It's not a lake. It's not a ski vacation. It's not, it's not a cruise. It's not. What is it? I, I I can only drink so much Guinness. What what am I going to do there? But anyway, first, let's rewind a bit today. When I say a bit, we're going to talk about the fall of the greatest city of all time. Is that fair? Constantinople, the years 1453. And when I say the greatest city of all time, Napoleon agreed with me. Napoleon looked at this place and said, if the world was one country, Constantinople would be its capital. We have talked about this city before. We will talk about it again. And it's map time. Pull out your phone. Pull out your computer. Unless you're in your car, it's not that important. Don't die over it. Look up Istanbul. That's modern-day Istanbul, Turkey. Look at it. Look at that perfect piece of geography. Holding the gateway between the Mediterranean and the Black Sea. Connected by land to Europe. Connected by just a little stretch of water to Asia. It was, it's one of those things where you could be the worst investor in the history of mankind and screw up almost everything. But if you were smart enough to buy some Apple stock in the year 1980 or something and just hang on to it, you're stupid rich today. All you have to do if you get that chunk of land today, yesterday, a thousand years from now, if you get that chunk of land, all you have to do, just hang on to it. Just hang on to it. But it's more than just what you're looking at on a map. It's more than just that 2D, 30,000-foot view. It's a perfect, perfect natural fortress. You'll see this. I want you, I want you also on your map. 
Don't mean to be giving you all kinds of homework today, but it helps. I want you to look at that stretch of water right above it, known as the Golden Horn. All right, so you have Istanbul. You see the stretch of water running kind of northwest to southeast. That stretch of water, it helps wrap the entire city in water. You're surrounded by th- on three sides by water, if you're an ancient fortress city like it was, with only how many routes do you see in on land? One. And the water that's out there in that little strait, the Bosphorus Strait, brutal, brutal currents, brutal water. So it's not as if you can just amphibiously land anywhere, anyhow. Perfect natural fortress, Perfect for geography. It was like God decided this is going to be a very important place. And by the year 1453, the Byzantines were dang happy it was a perfect natural fortress. Now, who were the Byzantines? Let's do just a brief recap on them. They were the Romans. There's your recap. Now, in all seriousness, what what happened was Rome, as you know, Greatest empire of all time, eventually towards the end, breaks up into the Eastern and Western Roman Empire. Western Roman Empire kind of goes away. Bad leadership, bad economy. Eastern Roman Empire keeps on keeping on, becomes a Christian nation, makes Constantinople its capital. They thrive. We know them as the Byzantines, but anytime anyone tells you about the Byzantines, make sure you know, don't be that person who has to correct everybody, but make sure you know, at least in the back of your head, the Byzantines never called themselves Byzantines. If you asked any one of them, they would have said, we're Romans. We're Rome. This is Rome. What are you talking about? This is Rome. But by the year 1453, They are at the very, very, very end of their empire. And it's not that they didn't have a great run. The Byzantines themselves had a great run. Good people, good run, good rulers. But time just has a way of whittling away at you. Empires crumble. You lose this, you lose that. You lose this war, this bad treaty, this bad ally. This It just, it wasn't going well. And... The fall of the Byzantines or the crumbling of the Byzantines was met by, and I guess on some small part you could say caused by, the rise of this Asian nomadic steppe people known as the Ottomans. Yes, that's right. They began, they were essentially a vassal state of Genghis Khan and the Mongols. That's how the Ottomans began. But warrior-like people, Muslim people, devoutly Muslim, and they start rising. They come up with this governmental system of a sultan, and you should know this about the Ottoman Empire, uh, underrated empire, by the way. We don't talk about it as much here in America because they were Muslim, and that's not our native religion, and therefore we just don't care as much about it. But extremely underrated empire, fascinating people. Yes, gigantic people. That's right, Chris, gigantic. Interesting government system where... The sultan was 
all-powerful. I mean, there, there's no legislature here. The Sultan is the religious leader. He's the national leader. He's not a god king. Remember, they're a Muslim empire, but, but thought to be God's right-hand man at the same time. They had a harem there, which, again, don't worry, don't turn it off. It's a family show. A, a, kind of a different kind of a harem. A, definitely a different kind than you would picture like in Genghis Khan's harem. The, the, the harem in the Ottoman Empire was essentially a college, a housing project. Well, when I say housing project, I mean a high-end one. Yes, you would take uh, female slaves and have them be part of it for the reasons that I, I'm not going to go into. You can use your imagination. But this was something many women, if not all, sought out. Why? Uh, you were not chained up like some monster. You were brought in, fed, educated, clothed in the finest things. Their young boys were raised here, educated here, tutoring, languages, mathematics. It was it was like central hub for people who were going to be the next generation. We're not done yet talking about the Ottomans and, uh-oh, Biden might be in a bit of trouble. Hang on. Out. Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com. Jake's Mint Chew will help you quit dipping tobacco. Frankly, it can help you quit smoking tobacco. What is it? Well, it's chew. You put it in your lip, or they have my preferred thing, the CBD pouches that really help take the edge off when you're trying to quit. And it's all natural. There's no tobacco. There's no nicotine. This isn't some cheap nicotine replacement that's, that's replacing one bad habit with another bad habit. This is here. Good for you. Good tasting. And it is the way to get off of it because I know what it's like. I've been there. You know, I've been there a thousand times. I know what it's like quitting. It sucks. I didn't even want to quit. I just knew I had to. Jake's Mint Chew is the way to go. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That's J-E-S-S-E. That actually gets you 20% off. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, locals. Don't forget about the locals thing because I'm going to get run out of the other ones soon. We're going to talk about a cockfighting rooster killing its owner. And this is not going to dissuade me, Chris, from wanting to go see a cockfight at all. If anything, it makes it even spicier. We have new details about the Capitol riot, about the Black Lives Matter Antifa riots over the summer, and they're revealing details. It's a stinging indictment of our side, and we're going to have to address that here in a few. But back to the Ottoman Byzantium Roman thing. The Ottomans 
are rising fast. They are highly, highly in, intelligent. They're, it's an advanced society. Like I said, their mathematics were outstanding. Their engineering was outstanding. And they were highly, highly aggressive. These people would, of course, it's always sold as on, on behalf of God or Allah or something. But almost all these conquests, yes, there's part of that to it. But almost all of it is just good old-fashioned human greed and human nature. It's easy to sell to the masses. This is what Allah wants. But in truth, you just want to be the king of the world. And they were very, very aggressive. And Christian Europe was extremely concerned about it. They start chopping away at the Byzantines and chopping away at the Byzantines. They're taking this empire. They're having multiple fights with them and winning pretty much all of them. Soon the Byzantines are paying tribute to the Ottoman Empire. But the Ottoman Empire, it's amazing the Byzantines couldn't see this, or maybe they did and just lacked the power. They were The Ottomans were never going to settle for anything less than capturing the greatest city in the world. But there's a problem with that. Many have tried. They pretty much all failed. The city had been besieged 23 times and still stood. Again, the perfect natural fortress. One land way in, treacherous waters around the outside. The, they had built, and on the land portion especially, they'd built this double layer wall, 40 feet high, moats. The, the city was thought to be impregnable. The Ottomans, however, had a plan, and their plan was this. We're going to take our superior fighting force, our superior numbers, I should say, and we're going to take this new weapon we have. And let's talk about this new weapon quickly. It was a cannon, unlike any cannon you've ever seen in your life. Yes, it was gigantic, Chris. You see, there was a Christian mercenary who would sell his talents, as mercenaries do, as, frankly, you and I do, right? You and I sell our talents. It just our talent doesn't happen to be death. This Christian mercenary at one point had approached the emperor of the Byzantine Empire and said, hey, I have this huge cannon that is going to be a game changer. Would you like to pay me a large amount of money to make this for you? And the Byzantine Empire, because they didn't have the economy they used to have and things had changed and something like that wasn't a priority, looked at this guy and said, no, no, I don't think I will. Thanks, bye. So mercenaries do mercenary things, and this man goes, knocks on Mehmet's the second store and says, hey, Ottomans, you guys seem to be conquering a lot of stuff. You know what would help with that? A gigantic cannon you can pay me for. And Mehmet II, an ambitious man, anxious to make a name for himself, says, oh yeah, come on in. This cannon was 27 feet long. The cannonball, the cannon shot, was 1,200 pounds One cannonball. It was 30 inches in diameter. A man can crawl inside of it. It was the most jaw-dropping thing ever. When you're going up against impregnable walls in an impregnable city, 
having a brand new super weapon sure helps. Another thing the Ottomans had, something we'd never dug into on the show. Janissaries. Now, there's not really a defense of this practice. It was horrible. Certainly not a bright, sunny moment in the history of Christian persecution. But we also don't do that thing where we whine about things that happen to other people and not ourselves. We just don't do that on this show. The Janissary system in the Ottoman Empire was this. They would conquer lands and not necessarily force everybody into Islam. Oh, oh, you're Christian city. That's fine. You can, you can keep doing that. But we're going to run a lot of the things around here, and, and we're going to be back from time to time to pick up some things. What were they coming back to pick up? Young boys. They would walk into a town. Towns had registries for the boys who had been baptized. The Ottomans would grab the young boys in a city, find out who'd been baptized, and don't, don't think you could just lie about it. They would, the Ottomans were more than happy to torture you to, torture you to death. More than, they were huge on impalement. We'll get to that in a minute. But they would round up the young boys. They didn't want orphans. They thought orphans were a liability. They would pick the most well-raised kids they could find, best parents, best families, They would examine the boys for physical defects, pick the best, brightest, strongest boys, and simply took them away. Where did they take them? They took them back to the Ottoman Empire where they forcibly, they forced them to convert, and then they brought them into the military. It was a gigantic slave army, and they trained these guys to be elite Soldiers, an army of slave troops, but studs, and I mean absolute studs. They were supposed to be some of the finest fighters in the history of the world. Janissaries were the bomb. Obviously not not a great practice, probably not one you'd ever want to repeat, but that's what it was. Now, who's Mehmet II? He's a man who took over as sultan at 11. Not ready to do so. Well, I I shouldn't say took over as sultan at 11. He starts governing a a big portion of the empire at 11. He's officially made sultan at 19. He had to get in a big fight with the Hungarians. He actually went and asked his father, after he'd just taken over, to come back and command his sultan armies for him. He didn't think he was ready. Now that... That didn't look good to the Europeans. They started disrespecting that, this young man, and that turned out to be a bad idea. He was ambitious. He was smart. He was ruthless. Which brings us back to our present time. At 1453, Mehmet II starts taking over the villages around Constantinople. He starts building castles around Constantinople, whole castles. And the Byzantines lacked the strength to do anything about it. He's essentially laying a siege by the land. Eventually, he just flat out does it, lays siege to the city. There are about 7,000 fighters, technically 5,000 inside Constantinople, but he got 2,000 more. It doesn't matter. But the emperor pops up and says, "Uh, Europe, Christians, uh, I don't know if you know this, there's a bunch of Muslims at our door. And they're trying to murder all of us. 
Uh, it might be a good time for you to come down and lend a hand. And it's kind of cool. People did come from all over. Just young men grabbed a weapon and came on down. But here's the thing about that. We'll talk about that in a second. And a no-go zone in a major U.S. city. Why aren't we talking about it? Hang on. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Carrie gets busted without a mask. Why? Well, we've talked about it before. You should already know why. And it's not just because he's a hypocrite. Yes, he's that. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. I'm going to wrap up the fall of Constantinople here. Now, Constantinople does have about five to 7,000 people. I say five to 7,000 because they had 5,000. They get about 2,000 people coming from the rest of Europe. But the other kings in Europe, they see this as a lost cause. They don't send huge armies. They could have saved Constantinople if they had sent huge armies, and they wouldn't do it. I do, however, think it's really cool, really, really cool, that a bunch of individual dudes just saw it as their duty, grabbed a weapon, and went down to die. It has a real Alamo feel to it. By the way, before I forget, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Remember, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Hammer me with your questions. They do not have to be political. They're more than welcome to be, but it can be about anything. We have fun on Fridays. Food, history, politics if you want, relationships, vacations, weird death scenarios, which you apparently love. We'll do that tomorrow. Back to Constantinople. So you have been met the second with an unknown number of troops. They say about 30,000 outside of the city, a bunch of Janissaries. You have 7,000 troops inside Constantinople. And Mehmet II is not a man who's going to let this go. 
This is a human being who is utterly ruthless. He used to dress himself up in disguise in his own empire and sneak out into the city to hear what people were saying. And that's very difficult to get an honest answer when you're the all-powerful sultan. What are people saying? So he would dress up and sneak out. That's fine. Okay, good. Good for him. Yeah, good for him until somebody recognized him. If anyone ever recognized him, he would promptly stab him to death right then and there. Ruthless human being. He sets up around the city, and the Byzantines, to their credit, make this an absolute brawl. They have a huge moat around the city. Sadly, I must tell you, moats are not filled with water and crocodiles, as I was led to believe as a child. I know, Chris, I was devastated when I found out. In fact, lots of times there's no water in it at all. A moat is simply this, and I, I didn't really take this in until the first time I saw a real castle. When you're standing at the base of the castle, or towards the base of the castle, and you're looking up at the walls, if you're a sick human being like me, you're you're thinking about what it would have been like to assault said walls. You're looking up at them, you're thinking, oh, wow, that guy would be shooting arrows at me, throwing rocks at me, pouring hot pitch on me. I'm trying to get to the wall, then I'm trying to get up the wall. How difficult would that be? A huge ditch towards the base of the wall makes it so much more ominous, so much more difficult. And they would put stakes in there. It just slows everything down. It's not that you're going to die from the ditch itself. Remember, you have armor on. It's heavy. You're going down into a ditch. Trying to get up the other side, you have equipment with you. It's a big moat makes it a big problem. The Ottomans, as they surround this city, they start digging mines from about 250 yards away. Now, this is a fascinating process I've always been blown away by. No modern equipment. You don't have modern excavating stuff. You dig a tunnel from far away from the walls, and you tunnel your way underneath the city. That is creepy. And you're trying to fill in the moat, and there's something else. Contrary to popular belief, you didn't, if you were the defending army, you're the ones inside the city, you didn't just sit back and think, oh, they're building a mine, that sucks, they're going to get us soon. You would often, especially if you're the Byzantines and they were aggressive and they didn't have many men, but they were very good, you would ride out and you would collapse the mine. If you saw they didn't have enough people defending it, you would ride out and assault it and kill a bunch of them and go back in. If you saw they were filling in a moat, you'd ride out, kill a bunch of them, and the Byzantines are doing this regularly. This is a brutal siege, an absolutely brutal siege. But Mehmet II is not your average Joe. He has thought this through long and hard. You know that golden horn we talked about? Mehmet II couldn't get his ships there initially, and then he figured out, wait a minute, I'll just haul my ships over land and drop them in the golden horn, putting me as the naval power on the backside of it. And he doesn't. This is apparently something they still celebrate to this day in Turkey. They will recreate the hauling of the ships. It's that famous. It's, it, it gave him a side of the city that was supposed to be just for the Byzantines. 
and the gun. Let's not forget about the gun. The gigantic gun begins firing, and it begins shattering this formerly impregnable city, shattering this these walls. Six, seven weeks of this kind of pounding, fighting. And Constantine, to his credit, he's riding out from the city occasionally with his men and attacking Muslim villages, Ottoman villages, for no other reason than to kill some of them and take slaves. This is enraging the Ottomans even more. It's driving them absolutely crazy. But he is not a man sitting back crying in his hands. He is trying to fight as hard as he can. But once the Ottomans got that foothold in the Golden Horn, and once that big gun still started pounding, the end was probably inevitable, although difficult. The Ottomans were still seeking a peace, as long as it was a kind of peace where they were still running everything. The Byzantines refused. The cannon pounds away and pounds away and pounds away. And Constantine had a general who was really inspiring the men. He'd led the defense of the city. I'm not going to go into the name because it's a time you're going to forget it anyway. The general eventually gets himself shot. He's hurt. He is the inspirational leader of this army. He asks Constantine, he says, take me off the battlefield. I'm hurt. Constantine says, no, we can't. you can't go. If you go, the whole army's going to lose heart. And he said, no, take me out of here. They took him out and a bunch of troops left with him. Right at the time when a gigantic segment of the wall was crumbling. The Ottomans throw their worst troops into the hole first, knowing a bunch of them are going to die, and they do. And then they send in the Janissaries. And the Ottomans eventually get through this hole. It is said, I don't know if I believe this because it has a real movie-like feel to it, but it is said that Constantine mounts a horse, strips off all of his armor, keeps a sword in his hand, and just charges into the huge crowd of Janissaries, and that's how he dies. Now, the reason I'm not sure if I believe that, I mean, it certainly may be true. The guy apparently acquitted himself very well. The reason I'm not sure if I believe that is, in general, when I hear stories like that that sound like they're out of the movies, I think that some writer decided to fluff it up a little bit. But Constantine, Constantinople fell. The year was 1453. And I want you to imagine this, because this is the only way I could think of to make it real for you. I want you to imagine you woke up tomorrow morning and China had taken over New York City. What am I talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. Super Beats Heart Chews help make your life easier. And what I mean by that is this. They help you maximize that workout you did. They help you maximize that healthy meal you ate. You see, when you eat Super Beats, you're getting all natural. There's no chemicals. They combine non-GMO beets and clinically researched grapeseed extract 
It helps support normal blood pressure. It helps support your healthy lifestyle. It helps your heart. And look, we have to be proactive with our health. I know that sucks hearing that because it means you have to make harder choices. So I'm here making an easy one for you. Eat two Super Beats Heart Chews a day. That's what I do with dinner every night. Two Super Beats Heart Chews a day. It'll help you. Go to GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. That's GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. When you buy two bags, you get the third free. Florida Civics curriculum will incorporate foundational concepts with the best materials, and it will expressly exclude unsanctioned narratives like critical race theory and other unsubstantiated theories. Let me be clear, there's no room uh, in our classrooms for things like critical race theory, teaching kids to hate their country and to hate each other is not worth one red cent of taxpayer money. That's heavy D, baby. Ron DeSantis of Florida continues to bring the pain. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Imagine. Imagine what Europe was feeling when they looked over one morning and the scary, aggressive, heretic Muslim empire of the Ottomans had a hold of the greatest city in the world. Imagine what you would feel if you woke up and you saw China had a hold of New York City. It would be like that. I feel like this is happening right now in America, and I can't decide if it's a good or a bad thing. What I mean by that is this. I feel like people are waking up to how deep the rot is in this country. They're just now figuring out that it's all broken. It's all manipulated. The entire system is useless, and frankly, if you're on the right, the entire system is against you. And it's not that this is brand new. I just feel, especially the Trump era, he was the great revealer for this. This is starting to hit people really, really hard in the face, and people are having a hard time dealing with the fact that Constantinople has fallen. And... What I wanted to get across to you today was this. It's not good. It's bad right now. It is. It's bad. And I'm going to get to these stories. I am. It's not good. It's bad. But I don't want you to get too down. I don't want you to focus on only the negative. It's bad, but being down about it, depressed about it, doesn't help us at all. We have to keep laughing. We have to keep moving forward. We have to do the hard thing and accept things are going to be much different for the next 20, 30, 40 years in this country than they were for the last 20, 30, 40 years. Things are changing. Things are going to change. 
No, I don't think those changes will be for the better overall, but we have to accept that. We fight it. We'll fight it as best we can to preserve what we can preserve for our kids. But you, there, this has to come with some level of acceptance. Because when you get to a place where you're this rotted out, where things are crumbling like this, where trust is gone, when the institutions, the cultural institutions have turned against you, that's not something that just turns itself around. It's, it's just not. It's not something that turns itself around. And that's where we are. I, we're at the place now. We will let people die before we actually acknowledge simple truths just so it can look good. I'm looking at a headline here from the National Pulse. Fresh details confirm Trump and the Secretary of Defense pushed to deploy National Guard while optics fears followed leftist outrage over BLM riot policing. That's right. The claims have uh, to have seen a draft internal memo from the Pentagon revealing that military planners rejected the idea of National Guard deployment. You see, they rejected the idea of National Guard deployment. Military planners did because they didn't want it to look like the military was being used on black people. They didn't want it to be called racist. Now, this is not about black, white, Asian, Latino, anything. If you're at a place in your country where you're not doing the right thing because of skin color reasons, that is such an unhealthy place to be for a nation. Let me ask you something. I'm going to ask you a question because I realize we have people, every, every religion, race, everything listening to the show. I get that. Let me ask you something. Have you ever, ever in your lifetime, known a race-obsessed person who was also a happy person. Name me one. I've known race-obsessed people, a bunch of them. I've known white dudes, that's all they talked about was white people this and white that and white this. I've known a bunch of black people like this too. Oh, black this and black, um, this is anti-black, it's racist, it's black, but... Are any of those people happy people? I've never known one. They're constantly miserable all the time. That is bringing down the general mood of the United States of America, this constant agitation. It is bad, bad for the country, and it's hurting people. How bad is it hurting people? Well, I'll tell you. Hang on. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, 
and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You can call live. You can call and leave a voicemail. You can email me. Your love, your hate, your death threats. It's all fine. And your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. You know we're going to have a blast tomorrow as we do. The week is heavy enough. On Fridays, we screw around on this show. <laughs> it's not as if the rest of the week is that serious on the show, I guess. But look. We're talking about some hurtful stuff today. Some stuff that's heavy. There's some heavy stuff out there right now. We've got to address it. But it's not going to be all bad news today either. We're going to talk about CNN's terrible ratings. That'll make everybody feel better. (laughs) And look, you are what you are in this business. And there's nothing worse you can be than boring. But before I get to that, I'm going to talk about the consequences of being obsessed with race and scared to talk about it. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Now, Donald Trump didn't pull the trigger in Atlanta, but Donald Trump certainly was responsible for the anger and the fear and the suspicion that exists in in great degree in this country, much more so than ever in the past. Communists don't care about anything. They only look at events as an opportunity to advance their cause and crush yours. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Sombrero Jesse in the house today, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I'll get to that clip again here in a second, but I saw this headline, man, and it, it sucks. This is from alphanewsmn.com. Residents of Minneapolis no-go zones speak out. East 38th Street and Chicago Avenue South The intersection where George Floyd died is surrounded by barricades and patrolled by black bloc activists who's transformed the the memorial site into into an autonomous zone. 
The area is informally referred to as a no-go zone because of reports that police are either hesitant to respond to calls directly within the zone or are met with resistance when they attempt to do so. Quote, police were not allowed to get into the area, said Kim Griffin, a relative of Imez Wright, who was shot and killed in the no-go zone on March 6th. It was made clear law enforcement was not welcome to penetrate that zone. We have taken sections of major U.S. cities and we've pulled police protection from those places because we don't want to look racist? Is that really where we are? Are we that out of our minds? Are we that drowning in white guilt in this country? These people who have to live there deserve better than that. They deserve better than that. We have bowed to all the wrong people in this country. All the wrong people. It's, it's crazy to me. Absolutely crazy to me. And before I get to this Atlanta shooting, which I am going to talk about, and that absurd talking point, I do want to give some credit where it's due Turned on the TV last night, and I was watching this guy, and I thought, man, I'm not impressed with very many people on TV, but this dude, he always gets me. The filibuster. I don't expect to bore you with a bunch of Senate rules, mainly because I don't know them, but I do know this. It takes 60 votes to pass a law in the Senate. What they're trying to do, when you hear them talk about the filibuster, abolish the filibuster, what they're trying to do is make it so 51 votes, which the Democrats have, will make anything law. Essentially, it will be one party, complete rule in the United States of America. It would be, I hate saying things like the end of the country, because then you sound like a nutball. America would never be the same. It would be amnesty, gun control. It would be, it would be a smorgasbord of everything they ever want. But Joe Biden's the moderate president, right? Down the middle of the road. I know you've been reluctant to do away with the filibuster. Aren't you going to have to choose between preserving the filibuster and advancing your agenda? Yes, but here's the choice. I don't think you have to eliminate the filibuster. You have to do it what it used to be when I first got to the Senate and back in the old days when you used to be around there. And that is that a filibuster, you had to stand up and command the floor. And you had to keep talking alone. You couldn't call for, you know, they, no, no one could say, you know, quorum call. Once you stop talking, you lost that, and someone could move in and say, I moved the question of. So you got to work for the filibuster. So you're for that reform. You're for bringing back the talking filibuster. I am. That's what it was supposed to be. We know what they want. And look, there are some heavy hitters out there, Democrats. They're calling for this. Rather than protecting a finely balanced system our founders created, today's filibuster throws the system out of balance giving one half of one branch of government what amounts to veto over the rest of government. It promotes gridlock, not good governance. As I said, senators don't have to stand for even one minute to shut down the Senate. All they have to do is to threaten it, phone it in, catch a plane, go home from Washington, and come back Monday to see how their filibuster's doing. Gridlock. I love gridlock. I don't want good governance. I want you to leave us all alone. Mitch McConnell stood up and said, you don't want to do this. Nobody serving in this chamber can even begin 
can even begin to imagine what a completely scorched earth Senate would look like. None of us have served one minute in a Senate that was completely drained of comedy and consent. The most mundane task of the Biden presidency would actually be harder, harder, not easier. We're Democrats in a post-nuclear Senate that is 50-50, dead even. If the Democrats break the rules to kill Rule 22 on a 50-50 basis, then we will use every other rule to make tens of millions of Americans' voices heard. This chaos would not open up an express lane to liberal change. It would not open up an express lane for the Biden presidency to speed into the history books. The Senate would be more like a hundred-car pileup. Nothing moving. Keep your eyes on that. I will tell you, I don't think they're going to do it. I think this is one of those political moves where they're threatening it, but I don't think they will. Guess we'll find out, though. And that guy is so smart. Every time I see him on TV. What, Chris? He's my favorite host. I'm allowed to have favorite hosts. That that guy's show is on the TV channel The First every night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Man, and I'll tell you something else. Look, I'm as straight as it gets, but that dude's handsome too. Ah, she looks good. But he looks good. No, in all seriousness. CNN hemorrhaging viewers since Trump left office. Down nearly 50% in key measurables. And I'm not going to break down all the numbers and the key demographics and stuff like that. But in this business, in radio, in television, you want to be interesting. That's really what matters is being interesting. And people don't like to talk about that because it makes people, one, it makes some people feel excluded. Two, People who do radio and TV love, I mean, I'm in this business. They love themselves. They think what they're doing is really, really, really important. They find themselves to be important. What they do is important. And when you tell them things like just be interesting, they're offended by, be interested. What I'm bringing facts. I, I, have a, I have a smarter perspective. Buddy, be serious now. Come on. I'll never understand that at all. I guess I, I still consider myself from the outside looking in on this. What I do is not an important job. If you're out there paving the roads, your job is more critical for society than me. It's I, I my job is to make your day better for the 15, 20, 30 minutes you listen. Period. My job is that. End of story. You're not important. But when you tell people to be interesting or get fired, they get offended because they think they're important. You're not important. You're not. I I, I mean I why do you think all the women are dimes on cable news? People want to watch dimes. And it, it, look, you know what? We're about to have a long talk about the media here. You ready for this? 
And then we'll get to CNN and why they're dying. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Super Beats Heart Chews have become part of my daily routine. It's simply part of my routine. And when it comes to getting healthy or staying healthy, it's the easiest part of my routine. It's certainly the best tasting. I I don't like vegetables. I don't love working out. I mean, I do those things to take care of my heart, but Super Beats Heart Chews is the part I look forward to. They're two delicious fruit snacks. I eat the pomegranate berry flavor. You may want to try the super grapes flavor, which I really, really like. But we're talking about non-GMO beets and grapeseed extract, natural things, not pill bottle things, natural things that help that heart and help that blood pressure. Go to getsuperbeats.com slash jesse. Buy two bags, get the third free. I am going to get to this Atlanta shooting thing in a, in just a second with this nutball went around mowing down a bunch of people. It's, I'm going to get to that in a second, but we're just going to do a little media recap. 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, and here's the deal. People get offended when you tell them to be interesting in the media because they think they're important. Women, it's not, not all of them by any stretch of the imagination, but women, especially in the media, get offended when you talk about looks being important. Because nobody wants to, no one wants to admit that's part of the reason they're there. Uh, no, I'm very smart. Uh, yes, yes, you, you probably are very smart. At least you have something to say, have opinions. Looks matter. Looks for dudes on TV matter. Dudes don't like to talk, oh, that's not true. I have a I have a great opinion about it. Okay, maybe you do. If people don't want to look at you, you can't be there. The bottom line is be interesting. I say that to people all the time. It's not about where you fall on the issues. You're, the people who agree with you or find you interesting, they'll come your way. They'll find you, and that'll grow organically. Be interesting so they listen or watch. CNN is hemorrhaging viewers. Why? Well, CNN didn't realize what they were. CNN didn't own what they were. And CNN packed their newsrooms full of a bunch of boring people. It's not that they're full of a bunch of left-wing people. You can make a great living as a media company spouting all the communist talking points. You see that... uh, Rachel Maddow, who I still say is kind of hot, you see Rachel Maddow, her ratings are outstanding. Why are her ratings outstanding? And I know you hate Rachel Maddow. I don't like her either, but so don't email me. I get that. But Rachel Maddow is talented and interesting, so people watch. I'm, I, you know I don't come on here and take a bunch of petty shots at other media personalities. It's just not how I do my show, but in all seriousness, 
Brian Stelter is not interesting. He's just not. And I'm not saying that because I think he's a bad person. I don't know the guy. Maybe he's a great human being. But I'm not your mommy. I'm your daddy. That guy's boring. Don Lemon is so untalented that Don Lemon has to have Chris Cuomo stay over after the Cuomo show is done and do the opening of Don Lemon's show. It's different in radio, but in TV, the opening is by a mile the most important, most watched part of your show. CNN has one of their major primetime guys sitting there having to have a partner help him through his A block, help him through the opening every day. That is horrible. Look, Stelter, without Trump, what is he? Let's look at how the hive mind of social media is making us all mindless. One of the week's big political stories is CPAC, the big conservative conference. When I've been listening to the CPAC live stream, what I've been hearing are distractions. It is an airing of grievances, a festival over... Okay, Chris, okay, all right. I'm not going to do that to my audience anymore. That's not interesting. What Trump did was he made a bunch of very, very, very boring people, frankly, anti and pro-Trump people. He made a bunch of boring people think they were interesting. He's the guy who bought the Apple stock in 1980, and now he's a millionaire and thinks he's smart. You're not smart. Your ratings were good during Trump's presidency because Trump was a political phenom and people cannot take their eyeballs off him. When he speaks, people want to hear it. So they watched. They, they're, if they're anti-Trump, they watched. If they're pro-Trump, they watched. And like I said, this isn't just a, a shot at CNN. This was a lot of hardcore pro-Trump people too. Trump's a god. I worship Trump. Trump, 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 Trump. And now Trump's gone. And what are you? I said it during Trump's presidency. If you can't do a TV show, if you can't do a radio show without mentioning Trump's name once, you're going to be in very serious trouble when Donald Trump's gone in four or eight years. CNN built their whole business model on let's pack our studio with a bunch of boring people, rage on Trump, and all the people who hate Trump will eat it up. Okay, well, now Trump's gone. What are you? You're boring. You're boring. If you're ever considering getting in this business, and it's a blast, I'll tell you, it's an absolute blast. I can't believe I get paid to do this for a living. You better have something to say. Have something to say. Don't be boring. Boring is death. Now, Biden, oh my gosh, Chris, did you see this? Biden may propose $1 trillion with a T in new taxes, says former A. They're out there saying, trouting this line out today, saying that it's going to be for people who make $200,000 or more. Remember, it was just Joe, it was just, what, five, six years ago, it was Barack Obama saying only for millionaires. Now it's down to 200000 Let me tell you what this really is. What it really is is the Democratic Party 
trying to drive the final nail in the coffin of small businesses and small business owners because that that's the last refuge of the middle class people who flatly reject Democrat politics. It's a big part of why they embrace the COVID lockdown insanity so much. No, they're not worried about coronavirus. They told you to worry about coronavirus so they could justify destroying their political enemies. We just talked about it yesterday in the COVID relief bill, a gigantic bailout for a Democrat union with your money. It's all about rewarding the people who help you and punish the people who hurt you. That's how communists operate. A tax raise at this point on people making 200 grand a year won't affect Amazon at all. They'll just find a way around the taxes like all rich people do. It will, however, affect the small S-corp mom and pop that looks like they make 200 grand on paper, but really most of it goes right back into the business. They can't afford that. It will finish them off. Then they're poor. Then they're on the government dole. Then they're voting Democrat forever because you're the one promising more government checks. It's all wrong. I I feel like that's awfully dark today, Chris, don't you? But it's all wrong. It's just wrong doing that. What we did, I'm never going to let this go either. What we did in the last year to small businesses, I mean, you can argue stupid and all these other things and all that stuff would be true, but man, it was wrong. That was wrong what we did. And I can't believe, I can't, I still can't wrap my mind around us letting them do that to us. How did we, why did we let them do that to us? Are we so, are we so bottled up with fear now that that's what we are? Go home or you're all going to die. Oh, okay, master. Let, let me know when I can come out again, please. Is it, is it safe? I still see this infection all over society. People driving around by themselves with their mask on. What are you? Are you out of your mind? I'm looking out the window right now. There are people walking around by themselves outside with a mask on. What? Do you have no critical thinking skills at all? I tell you, man. I've got more to say on this. I, it's, it's a little dark today. I'm going to bring it back up. I've got more to say again. Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. 
Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Columbia University is having segregated graduations. That's that's how far we've advanced in this country on issues of race. It is just shocking to me how people can't see this regression. Joining me now to talk about that and other things is Sarab Sharma. He's the president of American Moment. Sarab, I, I feel like the whole world's gone mad, or at least the country has. I think that's basically right. You know, we've been hearing these calls for unity for months now from from Democrats and prominent elites. And it's clear that that that's never been what their actual agenda is. They want to divide people along racial, ethnic, gender, you know, sexual orientation, all sorts of other lines, and basically use it to divide and conquer people and make them easier to control. The, The funniest part about this is that this is all virtual graduation. So, you know, stay inside, your, your pod apartment and, and do your virtual graduation with only the people of your own race and, uh, and learn to resent each other. That seems to be the MO being advanced here. Uh, can't people see it? Why can't more people see it? Is, is, what is it? Is it uh, there, are we drowning in white guilt? Is this just basic, like you just, like you just mentioned, divide and conquer standard communist politics? Why can't more people see what's happening? I can see it. Well, I think people are mired in it from the very beginning of the educational system all the way down to K through 12. I mean, you hear things about, you know, how to be an anti-racist now uh, since second grade. Uh, If you're mired in that from a very young age, all the people you look up to, your teachers and your principals and the people on the news and the president of the United States, if that's what they're parroting, that's what people are going to learn to imbibe and approximate as they go about living their lives. You know, one of the things that's so terrifying about this is that this isn't the end of the line either. This, this is Columbia University. This is a school that regularly pumps out congressmen, senators, Supreme Court justices, and even presidents. And so this mindset that you should only spend time with the people of your own race and you should learn to balkanize along gender lines and all these other ones are going to be the mindset that the future leaders of this country and the ruling class have. And that's, that's almost even worse uh, to think about. Yeah, it is. And and like you said, these are our elite universities. Now, when it comes to that, are these places collapsing? Are these places fully subsidized? I would think when it's never been more expensive and the product has never been worse, basic capitalism says that's that's bankruptcy coming. What's happening with these places? I think a lot of these places will collapse in the coming years, but unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be the worst offenders like Columbia University. I think the first things to go 
are going to be sort of the mid-tier places that the only reason they exist is because we've had this crazy credential inflation in the job market. And people think in order to be you know, a basic entry-level employee, you have to have a bachelor's degree. Hopefully that goes away. I, I really hope it does for all sorts of reasons, because people shouldn't have to indebt themselves in order to you know, get a basic job. But what I really worry is that these these elite institutions, the ones that create our ruling class in media, in culture, in government, and in business, they're going to continue to coast along because the pressures to preserve their power are so strong. If you had a degree from Columbia, you have an inherent interest in making sure your degree from Columbia continues to increase in procedure, at the very least maintain itself. So people are going to continue to hire from these places. And it's sad because once upon a time, they did truly produce great men and women. Now they're almost like these meat puppets. You know, they, they have this facade of greatness and elite character, when in reality, they're creating weak, insipid, ineffective, and, and poorly formed people who are going to hurt the country in the long term. I see the country separating, Saurabh. I, I, I do. I just see it. I mean, not actually breaking up, although I could see that in the future. I see people right now fleeing blue areas, going to red areas. The animosity seems like it's getting cranked up not getting cranked down, and I don't see an end to it. Where does it end? Well, I, honestly, I think that there would be an opportunity here if red states really leaned in on the reality of the situation we find ourselves in. You know, I went to the University of Texas at Austin. That's, you know, one of the best schools around for a 1,000 miles in any direction. And the unfortunate thing is, is that Texas's leadership uh, at the time that I was there, and this is still the case, really wasn't interested in making that school and the culture there something distinct from the craziness we see at these Ivy League universities and other nationally renowned universities. There was just as much campus craziness. The Board of Regents was utterly effete. They weren't interested in shutting this down. While I was there, they created the LGBTQAIP studies program and so on. And so if red states were actually interested in distinguishing themselves, I think there'd be an opportunity to create this parallel elite track. But unfortunately, they don't seem very interested in it. You know, maybe Ron DeSantis over in Florida is going to do something different. But I think that, yes, people are going to start separating into these different regions of the country. But unfortunately, a lot of our leaders aren't prepared to do what's needed in order to make that effective in terms of, of creating new institutions. Sarab, one of the what I consider to be benefits of the horrible last year with all this lockdown idiocy is parents are realizing my school is garbage and I need to get my kids out of it. I, I find this to be a huge benefit for society, and I think it's going to cause the right to strengthen itself in the long run. Because, it, look, the left has always targeted kids, always. We have to go after the youth as well with our message. I think that's right. I will say Exit is certainly a strategy, and it's one that we need to employ. Again, mm -hmm. I would never tell any parent of good conscience that you should keep your kid in, in a public school these days. But one thing I do worry about is if we purely keep our mind on that, you know, the 20 to 30 percent of really active, conscious, uh, and, and, and aware of what's going on, parents are going to get their kids out. But that still leaves, you know, 60 to 70 percent of American children suffering in the public school system. So I want to fight them on both turfs. So I want to create the right for people to opt out of the system. But I also think we need to aggressively be fighting 
in the public schools. Because at the end of the day, the vast majority of people, and so by consequence, the vast majority of voters, at least in this status quo, are still going to public school, and we ignore them at our peril. If we have an entire generation of voters that think the 1619 Project is to be elevated alongside the New Testament, uh, which is basically where we're headed, that's going to have consequences for our country far beyond the benefits we can get by getting you know, a few kids out of the system. Okay, so how do we take back the public school system? I've been encouraging pe- people to run for school board. I, I, I realize that a lot of people don't feel like they're qualified for this, but these school boards are radical, even in places like Texas that isn't immune from this at all. This stuff, like you, you mentioned, 1619 Project, this is happening in rural Texas in some places. Right, I think running for school boards is a great idea. I think that if people don't think they're qualified, frankly, they should get over it because I'll tell you what, you can have all the fanciest credentials in the world. Most of them are fake. Most of the modern credentialing systems in American life, whether it's going to these fancy schools or having a you know, doctorate like you know, Dr. Jill Biden, as we're supposed to call her, and, and so on and so forth, they're, they're utterly fake. And so I would find you know, a, a well-formed Christian mom of three who has a couple kids in the local public school to be a lot more qualified to, to be a good steward and a good monitor of what's going on in those schools than any, you know, Ph.D. superintendent or what have you, especially if you're comparing the people who don't have kids. So absolutely, they should get involved at the local level. Uh, they should be nosy. You know, I, I sometimes wonder if this Karen meme is a, is a psyop of sorts to, to prevent uh, people from, from being watchful about their local communities. Um, because, you know, again, people of good conscience, good Christians, good, good, good conservatives have to be vigilant. They have to make noise. And, and I think that's where we, we lose a lot. Is a lot of our people, they're polite, they're kind, they're normal people, they're well adjusted. And so it's not their first instinct to cause trouble wherever they go. But unfortunately, I think we have to posture ourselves as dissidents in a lot of ways. And so causing trouble is the name of the game. Disruption is an end in and of itself, and we should pursue it at all costs. Amen. We are the counterculture now. Sharab, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. We have to get to emails. We have a Ford plant moving to Mexico. Everything's a disaster. I'm kidding. We're going to get to some fun emails. Hang on. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com Jake's Mint Chew will help you quit dipping tobacco. And I am not your dad. You know I don't judge you. I'm not pointing fingers. I, I, I get it. I loved dipping tobacco. But you have to quit. We have to quit. We have to stay quitting, too. You can't quit for a day and then say, well, I gave it a shot. No, you need to be done with it. But you need help. I needed help. Jake's Mint Chew is the best way to do it because it's actually good for you. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's all natural. It's even sugar-free. And look, you don't need more nicotine. You don't need a patch. You need something to replace it. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you not 10, but 20% off. Jesse Kelly.
back soon. Florida Civics Curriculum will incorporate foundational concepts with the best materials, and it will expressly exclude unsanctioned narratives like critical race theory and other unsubstantiated theories. <laughs> Let me be clear, there's no room uh, in our classrooms for things like critical race theory. Teaching kids to hate their country and to hate each other is not worth one red cent of taxpayer money. So we will invest in actual, solid, true curriculum, and we will be a leader in the development and, in, and implementation of a world-class civics education. Heavy D, my man. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Locals. Remember, Locals is the one I won't get kicked off of. All right, this story, this terrible story in Atlanta, this nut job goes around to a couple massage parlors, guns down a bunch of people. First, the media is going to twist this up. They're already doing it. They're raking it about racism. They're making it about guns. Just ignore all that. Communists, remember, we've talked about this a thousand times. Communists don't look at anything and actually care about it. Nothing. We don't look at anything and actually care about it. They look at every single story and only analyze it for how it will help them gain power. Period. Period. Coronavirus. St. George Floyd. Whatever. The, the, the Capitol raid. Whatever, the, whatever it is, it's only an opportunity. You could have, because they're heartless, soulless monsters... You could have a school shooting tomorrow with 100 kids dead. I mean, think of the most terrible thing you could imagine. I was trying to think of what the most terrible thing is. Individually, yeah, you'd have a couple news people you know, relating to it with kids. Oh, they're very sad. But collectively, the communists wouldn't care at all. And privately, they'd be beyond delighted. Beyond delighted. Because remember this. They're on a moral crusade, a religious crusade. That's why they've ended up murdering so many people without giving it a second thought. This is, well, we've got to break some eggs to make this omelet. To achieve this utopia, some people have to die. That's simply how they've always looked at it. So don't worry about the media headlines. But beyond that, here's the truth. They're digging into this guy and he... Apparently had some real problems with women and stuff like that. We don't like to admit this. We don't like to talk about it. But I talk about offensive stuff all the time, so I'm going to talk about it. Men who can't get women hurt people. Because men are, you're built, you're made to want to have a woman. Women are meant to want to have a man. Men need that. There's a reason they were made. They even took a rib for it. There's a reason they were made. Men need it. 
And if your son is not being raised with certain values that will help him get a woman, you might be setting him up for a lifetime of anger and misery, and it could manifest itself this way. What do I mean by that? No, you can't change how your son looks or something like that. I'm not saying that, but does your son know how to hold down a steady job? Does your son know manners, how to change a tire? Does your son have enough self-confidence in himself to go up to a woman and ask for her phone number and ask her out on a date? It's hard, and I'm not acting like, oh, I was never nervous about it. I'd just talk to anybody. I mean, even when I was nervous, I wouldn't act like it, but I was nervous a thousand times. It's intimidating to walk up and talk to a woman before you know who you are as a dude when you're a skinny little runt. Uh, uh, I think you're kind of pretty, you know, and your arms are about the size of twigs and you you have a pimple on your forehead, but you got to do it. And, and you don't just have to teach your son the basics of this just to do it. You have to teach him that so he can get a woman. Why is that controversial? And same thing for daughters. Teach your daughter to conduct herself in a way that will make her appealing to men. You're not supposed to say these things today, and I'm sure I'll get complaints, and I don't care. That's a fact. Isn't that what you want for your daughter? Isn't that what you want for your son? You should. You should. And I see parents do it weird ways, too, the opposite way. Ah, women are stupid. Women are the worst. Women are, don't worry about women, son. He's going to want one, pal. Teach him how to get one. And the same thing with daughters, especially with daughters today in this man-hating age. Ah, men are all scum. You see this a lot, very sadly, with uh, divorced people. Men are scum. Oh, men are the worst. Men are dirt balls. How's that helping her? She's going to want one. Teach her how to get one. All right, we'll get to your emails, and we'll get to this cockfight. Hang on. One forty-five over ninety-two. One eighty over one eleven. One hundred and eighty-two over a hundred, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself. I didn't. Now I do. Uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. I'm so excited for Ask Dr. Jesse Friday tomorrow because we already have so many good questions. Send them in. 
877-377-4373. Look, you can call and leave a voicemail with your Ask Dr. Jesse question if you want. We'll play it on the air. We're not scared. Or email it. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. It's going to be such a fun day. It's just, look, I'm in a mood. Today was so heavy with the shooting and, and all this critical race theory garbage and the segregated university graduations. It's just all heavy stuff. Tomorrow, we're going to need to blow it loose, Chris. We're going to have to blow it loose. It's time for animal fights and stuff tomorrow. Still can't believe somebody thought a gorilla had a chance against a grizzly bear. Be serious. Be serious. We what? Did I tell you what I did for St. Patty's Day, Chris? Oh, I didn't tell you. Let me tell you what. It got a little bit wild last night. And I mean wild. You want to know what I did for St. Patty's Day? I'll tell you. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. DHS instructing border agents to refuse ride-along requests from reporters because that's what a lot of our folks on the ground are hearing. Uh, again, I, I think we've seen, uh, watching a number of the reports you all do, a number of Border Patrol uh, officials who are quoted in them, who are up here in them, and certainly from the White House, we support that. But our, I mean, our reporters used to be able to get ride-alongs during the Trump administration, mm-hmm. and you all came in and promised to be the most truthful and transparent administration and, and you all you know oversee the Department of Homeland Security so if you all wanted to grant access to the press couldn't you just tell DHS to do it again we fully support transparency you know one of the biggest criticisms of the Trump administration's remain in Mexico policy was that it overwhelmed all these border towns in Mexico and created pretty dangerous living conditions for these migrants and so now you have the exact same thing happening. Even though you all have reversed, rescinded that policy, these border towns are overwhelmed and the president is saying, do not come. So how is the situation on the ground in Mexico any different? Is there a limit or a cap to the number of unaccompanied minors that are going to be allowed into the U.S.? A limit or a cap? Should, so should we send some kids who are 10 back at a certain point? Is that what you're asking me? I'm, I'm not setting the policy here. I'm just asking you what the Biden administration's policy is. Is there a limit to the number of, of children that will be allowed in? I mean, the numbers we're hearing now, 565 on average every day. I, I'm just curious what the, what the end game is here. <laughs> I can, what? I can take pleasure in it. Ooh, that was spicy. (laughs) Like I talked about before here on the Jesse Kelly Show. Uh, Reporters? Yeah, they're all communist hacks. They are. 
They're going to toe the party line. They're going to they're going to destroy the right. They're going to do whatever they can to help the left to a point. But reporters are still ambitious people. And once you consider yourself to be a journalist and you've gotten to a place where you are sitting in the White House asking questions of the White House press secretary, who you wish was actually the president, but you you haven't been allowed to do that, you're going to start getting testy when you don't get answers because you feel like you're entitled to them. And it doesn't help these reporters that leftism really struggles when it meets the real world. And their open border, there's no better example of that than the open border stuff. Oh, no, uh, everybody can come. Oh, come on in. Everybody can come. No, we're not going to separate children. That's mean. We don't want to be meanie McMean faces. No, we're, of course you can come on in. No, we're not sending people. No, don't. We're not sending anyone back. That would be inhumane. Oh, wow. The border's being overrun. We have no place to put these people. You can't just open the gates. Uh, uh, we can't even show you how bad it is. They're not allowing the reporters access. They're not, I'm looking. This is a headline with from NBC News. Maybe the most commie of all the major networks. Biden administration limits what Border Patrol can share with media about migrant surge at the border. It's so bad, they're actively hiding how bad it is. Think about how bad you already know it is. It's worse than that. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. Oops. Oops. They watch TV. They listen when the president or potential president uh, talks. That's why you had that one guy on camera. We played for you here on the show. This is a long while back. The one illegal who was coming up basically said, well, Joe Biden's going to take care of us. Yeah, we're coming. Joe Biden's president. Of course we're coming. All right. Get to your emails. Jesse, my wife's grandfather, whom she was closer with than her father, fought in the Pacific. He won the Bronze Star and Purple Heart. Just like so many, he never mentioned it, she said. Mike, but she insisted, or anyway, uh, the guy never, ever bought anything Japanese made. We talked about, we had a great story yesterday. It was about the Battle of Peleliu, and that is one thing. I tell you, I've had the privilege to talk to, just sit and gab. I mean, not even official talks, just sitting and just shoot the breeze with so many World War II vets. I mean, we're, we're losing most of them now. They're too old, but. The, the guys who fought against the Japanese had a completely different perspective than the guys who fought against the Germans. The guys who fought against the Germans, there was not, I mean, I, I didn't see any deep-seated bitterness there. They were proud of what they did, but lots of these guys had traveled to France or Germany uh, since then. Some of them had actually met old German troops before and hung out with them. I never talked to a single guy who fought against the Japanese who did that. And multiple would get, at the age of 80, 90, would get visibly angry when talking about it. And 
as you know, big big admirer of Japanese culture. I just happen to I like the culture. I like the family environment, the hard work. I, I like the low crime. I, I'm just a big fan of it. But they were terrible during that war. Indefensibly terrible. And terrible on purpose. Just cruel. And you've heard the things I've told you about what they did. I'm serious. I've made this PG for radio, some of the things they've done. I just can't I can't put it out there on the radio because I know there are so many kids listening. It's so bad. Yeah, like Chris just said terror tactics. Yeah. I, 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 honestly, what they did, we talk about, and I've talked about this a lot, they had an old way of looking at it of, you know, rape, pillage, kill everybody, that kind of thing. But they honestly took it further than that. It was cruel just to be cruel. Just terrible. And that creates a lasting, lasting bitterness. It's one thing to see your buddy dead on the battlefield. That's difficult enough. It's quite another to come across your buddy who'd been captured by the Japanese alive. And, well, the Japanese used to leave notes on them that said he took a long time to die. That's just, that creates an everlasting hatred. All right. Globalnews.ca, rooster kills its owner with slash to the groin at a cockfight. Oh, my gosh. We're all cringing right now. A man who bought a knife-wielding, brought a knife-wielding rooster to an illegal cockfight has died in India after the bird slashed his groin with an ankle blade. Oh, the incident happened late last month. And by the way, I'm going to get to my St. Patty's Day thing. I haven't forgotten. The incident happened late last month in Lothuner, a village. You know what? I have to be careful with these Indian stories, Chris, because I can't read any of the names. In Lothuner, a village in the state of Telangana, according to the local police inspector B. Jeevan. Oh, that's kind of a cool name. Thangula Sadish, 45, was preparing his rooster for the fight when it panicked and lashed out with the three-inch knife he had tied to its leg. Ah, gosh. Sadish was hit by the rooster's knife in his groin and started bleeding heavily. Sadish died on the way to hospital. The rooster was taken into custody and is being kept at a local farm. We may need to produce it before the court. Oh. Authorities are looking for 15 people who were at the cockfight in connection with the case, Jeevan said. The suspects face charges of manslaughter, illegal betting, and hosting a cockfight, the AFP reports. Man, I want to go to one of these things so bad, Chris. I know it's illegal and inhumane and all that. It sounds sweet. All right. My insanely wild St. Paddy's Day story. Hang on. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man. 
you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Jewish producer Chris just had a good point. Whatever happened to the Jeffrey Epstein case? That Ghislaine Maxwell lady is still sitting in prison. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Chris, she's, don't make that symbol, Chris. That's not appropriate. Chris, Chris just did that symbol where you hold your hand above your head like hanging yourself. No, Chris. Gosh, that's terrible. And we're not going to call it Epstein here on the show. That's inappropriate. 877-377-4373. So got a little buck wild yesterday for St. Paddy's Day. Did the radio show, the world-famous Jesse Kelly show. You know what I'm talking What, Chris? Did the world-famous Jesse Kelly show. And I had a little show prep to do. Knocked out my TV show. And then, you ready for this? I went to a museum. I'm not even kidding. It didn't occur to me. It occurred to me when I was like halfway through the museum. It occurred to me, man, you are so lame now. I, I And I, I leave the museum. And then it hit me twice as much because Texas is opening up now. And there are all these. The museum is downtown. It was the Houston Museum of Natural Science. If you're ever in Houston, I would Highly, highly recommend it. I'll get to it in a second. Hang on a minute. But as I'm leaving the museum, there are all these restaurants downtown with outside patios, and all the bars are packed with all these people having fun, and I'm leaving the museum heading home. (laughs) Oh, fuck. The truth is, I don't want to feel like garbage. Not when I have to do the show. I have to do the radio show. I have to do TV show. It's not that I have anything against, obviously, kicking back a couple bourbons. It's it's nothing against that. But I just don't find joy in crowds like that anymore either. I just don't find joy in crowds. You you get to the point where everybody's annoying and everyone's bumping into you. And as I've said, I I guess you could call it antisocial. That's probably fair. But when I'm done – when I'm done on the radio, when I'm done on TV, that's four hours of talking a day. I don't want to talk anymore. I don't I don't love to talk anyway. People are shocked when I tell them this or when I hang around people. I've had so many people comment on it. I don't talk a lot when I'm out and about. When, if you see me in an event or something like that, we're hanging out. I just like to sit and watch and listen. Now, I'm not a mute. I'm not hiding in the corner, but I I'm not like the other talk radio guys I've been around who they're always talking. I actually don't enjoy talking. I'd rather just listen. And 
I'd rather be by myself most of the time. Is that anti? Is that bad, Chris? Is that? I understand. Now listen, I understand. I'm a bad person. I understand. I'm a narcissistic sociopath. My, uh, Michael, my buddy, my mentor in this business, Michael Berry, says I'm a disassociated narcissist sociopath. Whatever that means. But and he was actually making fun of me. You know the show Dexter. The, there's a show on Showtime called Dexter. It was about some serial killer, but he was the good guy because he killed bad guys, and he was completely emotionally detached from everything. Michael tells me that's who I am the other day, and then he started making fun of me because he told me that, and I didn't have any reaction at all. I just stood right there and looked at him. Oh, okay, and he said, you see, that's why you're him. I just called you a serial killer, and it meant nothing to you one way or the other. It didn't make you feel good. It didn't make you feel bad. Either way. I like to be by myself. Now, don't get me wrong. I love hanging out with the fam. That, that, that's obviously a, that's one of my favorite things to do. But if I had my druthers most of the time, my day would consist of this. And I understand this sounds bad. I, I know it sounds bad, but this is my perfect day. I wake up, come, chill with Chris a little bit before the show, do the show. Obviously, as you can tell, we have a blast doing the show. Do a little show prep before TV. Do TV. I enjoy TV, too. They're two very, very, very different mediums. I'll explain that sometime, but they're very different mediums, but I enjoy TV, too. Take off from there. Knock out a couple errands. Head home. Hang out with the fam for a little bit. Play with my sons. Eat a good meal. And then retire to a den or or studio or wherever it's quiet. Have a couple glasses of bourbon and watch a documentary. And I understand that is the lamest, most antisocial thing you've ever heard in your life. I get that you're looking at your radio speakers right now, cringing at the monster on the other end. That's what I like. That's what I like. And so many people I know, the wife is this way. She she gets off work on a Friday or, or Friday's done, whether she's working or not. And she wants to, let's go hang out with the neighbors. I hear there's dancing here. I hear there's this there. And that sounds like death to me. That sounds like, that's a more, no, look, that's a more normal and probably healthier way to be. I just want to go sit and watch a documentary. Chris, how bad did that sound? Was it bad? It was bad, wasn't it? <laughs> Chris, this is why Chris and I get along. He said he's the same way. Girlfriend asks him what he wants to do on the weekend, and he says, nothing. Nothing. Maybe that's a dude thing. I don't know. I don't want to deal with people anymore when the weekend comes. I've had this before. I've had uh, TV producers. Chris is the only radio producer I've ever had, but I've had TV producers. For some reason, there's a lot more turnover in TV, and I've had TV producers where they sign up to be a producer for a great conservative network like The First or anything like that. And almost always, almost always, they're a hardcore right-wing conservative that found a cool way to be in the media world. And it's awesome. You know, they're having a good time. And they'll obsess on politics 24 hours a day. And they'll, they'll text me at randomly at 8.30 at night. Did you see what Biden just said? Nope. No, I did not. <laughs> I did not. Oh, I can't believe that this just happened. Yeah, why are you texting me? I, I we already talked during the day. I, I we're not we're not going to sit and discuss politics at night. And I've had them ask me before on the radio show, or they asked me during my TV show. Hey, 
Do you ever, do you ever, do you ever find a way to get away from politics? And I say, yeah, about 30 seconds after I take this earpiece out of my ear and I'm done with TV. Listen, we are in a dire situation in the country, as you know. Things are really bad. We have to be committed and whatnot. Don't ruin the rest of your life by obsessing over things. Find a way to compartmentalize. Obsess over politics. Obviously, look, you can have fun while you obsess over politics, but you can obsess over politics to a point and then set that aside. Set it aside. It's, it's, you have to have other things in life. I wouldn't want to be the guy who shows up at the neighborhood party, whether he wants to be there or not, and all he can talk about is politics. When I go to our, our neighborhood parties and our neighborhood is always having them, I never bring it up unless it's brought up to me. I'm, I'm thrilled to talk about anything else. Whatever you want to talk about. Let's, let's do the boring white people thing and talk about our fences and, and, and sprinkler systems or something. But I'm, I'm out on that. Learn to compartmentalize stuff. Otherwise, it gets really, really, really boring. And it gets more than anything. Forget about boring. It'll make you miserable. Why do you think I do the kind of radio show I do that's, that's, I understand it's very different than the others because this is what I used to do. I used to obsess on politics and I would listen to radio shows all day long, all day long when I was younger. And I would find myself at the end of these shows because I had to do a bunch of traveling for work. I'd find myself at the end of these shows, miserable, just mad, bitter, just miserable. And my goal always has been, I don't want you to be freaking miserable at the end of the show. That sucks. We can talk about how horrible everything is, but mix in some laughs and have some fun. And yeah, I'm going to do random segments about how I think I can take a cheetah in hand-to-hand combat. And I still maintain that I can. Yes, I can, Chris. I already have the strategy in my mind. I've got it worked out. Told you it's not a serious show. We are going to talk to somebody about the Equality Act next. Hang on. Super Beats Heart Shoes. Let me tell you something. It's easy, especially when you're younger, to dismiss all heart problems or, or or blood pressure problems. Oh, it's 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 not important. It won't happen to me. It's nothing I have to worry about. Let me tell you, when you sit beside somebody's hospital bed who has tubes coming out of them, you start to think a little differently about it. We have to be proactive about our health. And there are a million miserable ways to do that. Super Beats Heart Chews are not one of those ways. They're delicious. They're two fruit snacks, basically. I eat two with my dinner for dessert every single night. All natural. Beets. Grape seed extract. Go get some. Go to GetSuperBeets.com slash Jesse. That's GetSuperBeets.com slash Jesse. Get this. When you buy two bags there at that link, they'll throw in a third bag free.
I'm automatically suspicious of anybody who brings up the word equality to me. Because it just never quite means what they say it means. It, it always means domination in some way. Joining me now to talk about that, she's with the Federalist and the Washington Examiner, Nicole Russell. Nicole, what's the Equality Act? Oh, hi, Jesse. Thanks for having me. The Equality Act uh, is exactly what you might expect. It is a bill that the House just passed. The Senate is looking into it. They had hearings about it yesterday. Under the guise of making everyone feel safe and happy and inclusive, the Equality Act is actually something that will probably end up hurting children and women it does not bring equality to Americans. What does it actually do? What the Equality Act will do if it's passed is it will take sexual orientation and gender identity and codify them into law as protected classes. So the same as race or religion. So now you have someone who says they're gay or they are a man who now feels like they want to be a woman and they get the same kind of protection as someone who is black. So if you bring that down to real life, um, this policy will be very harmful to, let's look at children. So if you look at schools, now you have schools teaching that it's okay to identify however you want to identify. And let's say you've got parents who say, you know, I, I think we're going to opt out of those classes. We don't want our child to think the gender is fluid. And you try to opt your child out of this, again, a public school. Uh, you could be labeled a bigot. You could be labeled discriminatory. And now this law kind of um, props props that concept up, and this law will help schools say, yeah, I don't think that parents can opt out of those classes, otherwise uh, they're breaking the law. So you've got kids learning things in schools that parents likely won't agree with. You have kids now, let's say, having to share bathrooms with um, boys who suddenly identify as girls. And they will find protection under the Equality Act because uh, using the correct bathrooms will now be seen as discriminatory. Oh. Same thing with women's shelters. You could have, and this has happened, all these examples that I, I use whenever I talk about this, these are already things that have happened. These are already lawsuits. We've got um, a man could identify as a woman to use a woman's shelter. And under this law, he would not be kicked out. And you would have women fleeing, you know, abusive situations, living in a shelter, sleeping next to a man. So it's, oh. it doesn't bring equality. It actually hurts oh, women. Uh, okay, uh, Nicole, this is one of the – it sounds so insane. Like it's something you, you would expect uh, uh, the city of San Francisco to pass as an ordinance. You wouldn't expect this to even be discussed nationally. Is this getting traction? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, this, Biden, when Biden was running, if everyone was listening carefully, Biden said 
I will pass the Equality Act within the first 100 days. This was clearly one of his agendas. Um, like I said just yesterday, you had the Senate Committee on the Judiciary held hearings for several hours about this. Um, there were multiple members of Congress um, who testified saying the biggest myth of all time, which is that um, there is not equality in America and that we need this provision to make that happen. So that's what I would tell your listeners to to look out for. Um, it is a lie that there's not equality in America. It, it is already a crime to discriminate against people based on their on their class. So it's this isn't bringing anything. Um, you know, it's not like we've been bigots this whole time, discriminating against all of these people. And now this will make it right. This will actually kind of like you said in your opening. Instead of giving equality, it will actually kind of give them some entitlement. It'll give them additional rights, and it will trump the rights of people who believe more orthodox, uh, more traditional beliefs. Your, your beliefs now will be seen as discriminatory and bigoted. Uh, okay. Where are Republicans standing on this? Because that's always my concern. How many Republicans are losing what little spine Republicans have and <laughs> caving on this thing? You know how much it drives me nuts, Nicole. Yes, I, I, you know, I will say it, it sounds like most Republicans have seen right through the skies, right? They know it's a ruse. They know it's just um, like, you know, one of those feel good laws that that uh, the LGBTQ community loves. So they are standing up against it. The problem is that they're just sort of outnumbered. Yesterday during the hearings, um, Senator Langford, I believe he's from Oklahoma, he was fantastic. He gave a testimony describing how um, the Equality Act would actually just strip religious people of the laws that we have to protect us, uh, that let us sort of live uh, according to our conscience. One of them is called the Religious Restoration Freedom Act. This, this Equality Act actually excludes those protections. So now you could have a Catholic church that would have to um, utilize their insurance to provide, uh, to pay for abortions. Um, the Equality Act could really, really dampen uh, religious people's ability to live out their beliefs. And so that is one of the things Republicans have pointed out. Uh, Nicole, where's the safe place? Let's say you have nine daughters right now and you're concerned about their future and their safety. Where are you moving them to? Uh, I live in Texas, just like you. Uh, and Texas right now is fantastic. I will tell listeners, um, you know, if they happen to be from elsewhere, you can always call your senator. You can tell them vote no on the Equality Act. You can try to describe to them, um, you know, how bad this will be for your girls uh, and for women. Um, but otherwise, yeah, you can move to Texas. We'll let you. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't move here if you're going to vote Democrat. Nicole Russell, everybody, thank you so much. Thank you. Dr. Jesse, my pops had a tattoo he got when he was 14 or 15. What a stud. He was half Australian, so he and my mom told us that the leafy tattoo on his arm was an Australian fig leaf.
My two brothers and I were amazed at the popularity of this Aussie fig, seeing it on graffiti, on rail cars, trapper keeper art, artwork, etc. We were older than we should have been before we discovered that it was in fact a tribute to his, his mother's, that it was not in fact a tribute to his mother's down under roots, but obviously a marijuana leaf. <laughs> we love the show. Our six-year-old loves Medal of Honor Monday. Keep up the good work. You can say my name. It's Bobby. I tell you what happened with that Medal of Honor Monday we just did, Chris. We did Medal of Honor uh, Monday on Robert Miller. The Afghanistan Green Beret died over there. A couple nights ago, check, I get a message from another Green Beret. He said, hey, I just wanted to thank you for what you did for Robbie. He was his teammate over there. Yeah, how heavy is that? Yeah, you just never know. Look, like I said, I'm a bad person. It's a bad show. It's a one good thing we do all week. But, man, you never know who's listening. That's cool. That is cool. We have a couple more emails. Hang on. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. Jake's Mint Chew helps you quit dipping tobacco. And as someone who tried and failed to quit tobacco several times, I know you have to replace it with something. That's just how the human mind works. You need something. Well, Jake's Mint Chew gives you that something. And not something you have to feel bad about at all. They have 11 different flavors of Long Cut. They have four different flavors, and I would highly recommend these, of the CBD pouches that really help take the edge off. And it's not bad for you. Tobacco-free, nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. You don't have to feel bad for the first time ever walking around with a dip in your lip. Jake's Mint Chew will help you quit. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's Jake's mintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE, J-E-S-S-E, for 20% off. Hi, I'm Clint Webb, and I'm running for Senate. I have a short cropped haircut, a pretty enough yet accessible looking wife, and a newborn baby that I've dressed in a suit to prove to you that I mean business. For the last 15 years, I've lived my life in such a bland, uncontroversial, and repressed manner that it's almost unnatural. Why? Because I've been preparing to be a representative since I was a child. Most well-adjusted sane men would be hesitant to take a job where their decisions would so drastically affect the lives of so many. But not me. I possess a sort of sociopathic narcissism that makes me think that I should be in charge of everyone. But all of that needs to start here at home, in this beautiful state that I've grown to love since I moved here 18 months ago. Together, we can piggyback some of our state's legitimate needs onto my unquenchable lust for self-glorification. And that's a promise. Here's an unflattering picture of my opponent. Here's a quote of his taken out of context. Oh, 
And one more thing, I have a dog. I enlisted in the military for the minimum amount of time in a position that would never see combat. Why? Well, because it would help me be your senator. I don't make friends, I make acquaintances. All of my motives are ulterior. I'm self-involved to the point of psychosis. My soul is terrifying. And that's leadership. So this November, let's send Washington a message. And what is that message? Hey, me. <laughs> Still my favorite thing ever. That was the, the comedy group, The Whitest Kids You Know. That's their Clint Webb ad. And no, I'm not Clint Webb, Chris. I'm self-involved at the point of psychosis. <laughs> oh, anyway, Houston Museum of Natural Science. I'm not going to bore you with too many details. Let me just say, if you're ever in the Houston area, I know the show is national now. We love that. Big shout out today to Florida Man Radio, by the way. But it's a really cool museum. Are you allowed to say that? See, even Chris agrees with it. It is a really cool museum. When I say really cool, they have a huge Egypt section with actual mummies. I mean the people and the, the tomb things. Actual mummies in it. It, it is a, an extremely cool museum. An extremely cool museum. Yes, I know it's kind of pricey, Chris. Go on discount day or something. I understand that. Not everything is dollars and cents for Pete's sake. <sighs> Dear God, Emperor of Jadutenheim? I don't know what that means. When I was a boy, my mom, I asked my mom why so many other kids at school don't believe in Santa Claus. Mom told me it's because our family has a different faith, like Mormons, and we worship Santa. I spent the next five or six years believing Santa Claus was literally a god, Jesus' father in heaven, and that my family's religion was Santa worshipers. <laughs> I once tried to explain this to my eighth grade class, and I've been in hiding ever since. I was so devastated by the lie that I stopped believing in religion altogether. But now that I'm about to have children of my own, my agnostic wife and I have a strange desire to raise our own kids Christian despite not being true believers. This makes me even more skeptical of religion in general. Is it all just a big lie we perpetrate for our children? And is it wrong to teach them something we don't actually believe in? Lies have consequences, but so does leftism. Guide us, O Oracle. P.S. Wifey says you're a handsome devil. Well, your wife has excellent taste. Excellent taste, too. Oh, Chris, look that up. God Emperor of Giants? Okay, two. Yes, raise your kids, Christian. Yes. Let's say let's say you're the biggest atheist in the world. Fine, you make your own personal choices. And you know, I don't preach at anybody, nor am I ever qualified to do so. Which of the Christian values don't you like? Right? Which one? Don't steal, don't murder, don't don't do this. Don't, you, you like them. They're they're good values. Raise them Christian. Anyway. Tomorrow's an ask Dr. Jesse Friday. And the questions you've already sent in are just awesome. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Give me your questions. The Oracle, having two boys as well, four and seven, 
I still kind of possess the ability to lie to my kids of my own awesomeness. As an ATL, that's Atlanta resident, they believe I'm a better baseball player than any of the other Braves. I just choose not to play anymore. (laughs) Also, as an aside, I admittedly was too busy to finish the non-history part of the show today, but I'm sure I'm the thousandth email telling you and him there is a movie called Operation, this is an older email, Operation Anthropoid. You should read a book about Operation Anthropoid or... Watch this movie. I bet the movie's good, too. That was a cool thing about the assassination of uh, Reinhard Heinrich, everybody. Look, it's assassinating a Nazi. You're going to enjoy it. Also, as myself, a former Texan, Jesse needs to clarify, Wolf brand chili is superior to all for chili dogs, and Oscar Mayer defeats all other beef dogs. Sorry, Chris. Hebrew National leaks water when you open it, which is an instant disqualification. It does, Chris. No, all of them do not. Okay, don't don't come at me because you people can't make hot dogs. Hang on a second. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. me up how leftists view guns. There's an article right here in Forbes. Asian Americans are buying guns for protection from hate crimes. As if anyone's going to have a problem for that. (laughs) I don't care who arms up. I hope you all arm up. I think we should all be walking around with AR-15 strapped to our shoulders. Guess what? Violent crime would disappear. It would disappear. It's amazing how polite everybody is down at the gun range, isn't it? Weird. It's weird how nobody's nobody's been robbed violently at a gun show. Why? Is it because all the people there are saints? No, very much not. Guns save lives. Guns protect people. We are going to have an amazing Ask Dr. Jesse Friday tomorrow. 877-377-4373. Leave your voicemail or email me. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. That's all.
The Jesse Kelly Show. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What? Look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.